Welcome to the Lovish Podcast, a practical weekly podcast centered on mental wellness, faith, relationships, and you guessed it, love. I'm your host, Sita Hood, a licensed clinical social worker. Now, sis, I should mention before we hop into the show, this is not a substitute for a relationship with a licensed therapist. You ready? Let's get it. Welcome back for another episode of the Lovish Podcast. Per usual, I am super excited about you rocking with me. As we head into a new month, you know, generally speaking, when I think about different months, I don't know if it works like this in your head, (laughs) but in my head, I think about specific themes and things that I want to do around specific times of the year. So, Usually in January, everybody's thinking about starting stuff new. You know, there's the whole mantra, new year, new me type of thing. In February, everyone is thinking about love. And I don't know if this is a thing for people anymore. But for me, the thing that I think about when it comes to March is spring cleaning. (laughs) Spring cleaning or resetting things, getting rid of old things and setting up new things or even just rearranging your space so that it feels more comfortable. Now, for me personally, um, I try and do a reset pretty regularly. That's why last week's episode was entitled A Quick Reset because literally I try and do that pretty often. I think that there's not enough focus or attention on how often our seasons actually do shift and change. And I feel like when it comes to scheduling or planning, we don't reset as often as we should. Like I tell people who have very busy lifestyles or who are in a season of just busyness and doing a lot of things. Uh, and I don't mean the type that's like, you're not really getting things accomplished and you're busy. I mean, like, no, you are really working towards something and you're seeing some progress in the things that you're doing. People that have a lot of uh, different arenas to navigate, I talked to them about uh, resetting pretty often because I think that one of the biggest complaints that comes up is I can't stick to my schedule. I maybe stick to my schedule uh, for one week or two weeks and then I'm finding that it changes. And if you are in that situation, then I want to encourage you to maybe revisit what your schedule looks like. Like perhaps you can only plan to stick to a schedule that is laid out so carefully, you know, for two weeks and then things may shift. So for example, one of the biggest life shifts for me with COVID and with uh, these crazy snowstorms that we've been having in Illinois is when I record the podcast. So for the first portion of recording the podcast, I was pretty much set up to record at the office and I recorded on Thursdays. That was my designated recording day. But the way that life been set up lately though, sis, the kids been at home. So with the kids at home, how can I still make sure that I am 
pursuing God's plan and purpose for me, being obedient to the task that he called me to, which is to get on the mic and minister to all of y'all to share my testimony with all of you guys and hopefully encourage and bless you uh, week by week. What does that mean I have to do? Like, how do I reset? How do I shift? Well, your girl had to buy a mic for at home too. (laughs) So now we have a makeshift studio that's really just a little corner of my bedroom. (laughs) So um, it's important for us to consistently be resetting and evaluating what is working well and what is not working well. And I think a lot of people focus on doing that in the spring, but we really should be doing this as a part of our daily life. And the not so cute part that comes with looking at resetting is healing, healing so that you can grow. Some of us have been running from our healing I'm going to repeat that on a mic for sis because somebody needs to hear that. Stop running from your healing. When we run from our healing, ultimately you are running from your purpose. You are running from the plan that God has for your life. So you have to stop running. I understand that the process of healing hurts. I understand that it is not the cute social media parts. Nobody wants to be put out or exposed when they're in their most vulnerable moments of feeling pain and not feeling well and having negative thoughts or being flooded with flashbacks of things. But your healing is necessary for your purpose. Your healing propels you you into your purpose and healing can also be part of the process of pruning. I think we talked about this uh, several episodes back on the podcast. So it is very important that you don't run away from your healing because it's easy for us to say, yes, God, I bless your name, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I want the purpose. I want your plan for my life. Put the passion in my heart, God. Yes. And God is like, that all sounds good. But what about this healing that you got to do? Because this healing is what's going to unlock that door to your purpose. This healing that you need to do, this process of pruning the things that I got to break up off of you, the things that I want to reveal to you when you would sit in your hurt, that's what's going to propel you towards your purpose. And then I think that there are some of us that are like, well, I want to heal but I'm not even sure what the process of healing looks like. So that's what we're going to talk about right now. The very first thing that is important for the process of healing is to actually create the space, right? We, we, we started this episode talking about running from the process of healing. If you want something to happen, you have to create the space for it to happen. How can you actually heal when you're running from that process? So what I mean is, I don't know if you get those times where you're like me, you know, you have so many thoughts, so many ideas, your brain feels super cluttered and you have no time to think. You're like, okay, I know I need to do all of these different things, but how do I take these things out of my head and into reality? 
you have to actually create the space, right? So this may look like creating a list of things. And then once you create the list of things, then you can see clearly how to plan the things. And after you've planned them, then you can take the action to make it happen. And so for healing, what this might look like is instead of having that thought there where it's like something about this situation bother me, this this is making me feel some type of way and I'm not really sure why I just avoid this person now or I just avoid doing this thing because it makes me feel some type of way. So instead of doing that, perhaps I sit down with my journal in my quiet time with the Holy Spirit and I say, why? am I feeling this way? One of the things that we do when we're avoiding healing is avoiding creating this space to process our emotions around that. So that's why I'm saying the Holy Spirit can't even get through to you what he wants to reveal to you about this situation and about his plan and purpose for your life moving forward if you won't even sit and process the emotions that come with that thing. I'll give you an example. So if you followed me for any length of time, then you know that I have an app called Confident Bay. I have a course called Confident Bay, a masterclass. Pretty much that is the entire um premise, becoming a confident bay. And for those that don't know, the confident bay is based on the amplified version of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which is my favorite scripture. And it says to rely confidently on the Lord and he will remove obstacles out your way. So that's like a really quick paraphrase, but I help women to find themselves again, to unlock their unique purpose and to establish quality supportive relationships. And I do this through the programs and experiences that I create. And this is so relevant and so powerful to me because it comes from my own healing. It was birthed from my own pain, from my own experiences And what my process of healing looked like, what it looked like for me to be creating the space for my healing was to realize that I was walking around like a zombie, to realize that not many people in my circle actually saw me and saw what I was experiencing and going through because I was tap dancing, because I was cutting off parts of me to fit narratives that other people had designed for me, their vision for my life, not God's vision for my life. And in doing that, I was burying the Sita that God uniquely created to impact the world for such a time as this. And so the moment of realization The moment that I created space for my own healing came one night at 1156 in a parking lot. Trigger warning here. When I called one of my dear friends and I said with literal tears falling down my face, you know, I'm not going to do anything, but I really just feel like things might be better if I wasn't alive. So it meant getting real about the thoughts that were floating in my head and being brave enough to say to someone else, this is what's happening with me. This is the pain that I feel. 
this is my current struggle. And I know that everybody sees this version of Sita, but I feel like I am suffocating. I feel like I'm not designed to check these boxes that everyone wants me to check. And I was absolutely right about that. But it wasn't until I allowed myself the space to be there, to be in that uncomfortable position that God really had the power to work. And so after that experience, I went to therapy and I had to unlearn so many negative communication patterns that I had held on to. And therapy really challenged me because as somebody that identified as a strong friend that was always there for everybody else and feeling like no one was there for me, I had to learn to use my voice. I had to learn to communicate. And I know what you're thinking. You're probably thinking, well, if you're a therapist, don't you already know how to use your voice? Yes, I was used to using my voice to advocate for other people, but I wasn't used to using my voice to advocate for CETA. That's why it felt like I was losing Sita and the internal conflict that I walked around with daily was the war between the Sita that other people wanted me to be and the Sita that God designed me to be. When I set boundaries, even in my fear, (laughs) I found me. I found the thing that I was looking for, the girl that I was looking for, the confident bae that I was looking for. I had time to consider what Sita thought and what God said first before I allowed outside perspectives to come in and cloud my judgment. And I distinctly remember the moment that I discovered my voice. I didn't know that that was the moment I discovered my voice, but I now recognize it as a pivotal moment for me. I believe it was 2019 and I was preparing to preach for the youth explosion. This was not my first time preaching, but the typical pattern of behavior that I had before I was preaching was to operate in fear, meaning, oh, I'm so nervous. I don't know. God, is this what you want me to say? Ooh, and people say, you know, oh, I'm praying for you. I know you got to speak. You know, I can't wait. I know it's going to be X, Y, Z, whatever. And I'm like, ooh, you better pray that is that this particular time. I remember about to like my brain was about to go through that specific process of being like, Ooh, I don't know, Lord, can you use me type of thing? And the Holy Spirit spoke very clearly. Go with full confidence, leave no room for doubt. And if you have ever heard me say I slay like David, that's where it came from. Because literally the Holy Spirit told me, don't you even open your mouth to speak. Oh, nervousness to to allow the enemy even room for, you know, doubt about whether you can speak what thus saith the Lord. You go forward with full power. And so the le- the weeks leading up to me preaching, I remember feeling nervous. And every time I felt nervous, Holy Spirit said, no, full confidence, no, full confidence. Even the day of the praise and worship was on point with everything that the Lord was saying. And so when people were walking up to me that morning, like, oh, I'm so excited about this word. All I said is praise God. 
that was it because I didn't really know how to respond. But I also didn't know at that time that the Holy Spirit was teaching me how to walk in full confidence. And so I got up and I preached the word and I said, I'm not about to look at nobody's faces. I'm not about to get lost in translation and I'm going to deliver this word because parts of the word were not cute. You know, as y'all know, when I talk on a podcast, not every part of this word is cute. Sometimes the Lord got to get up in there and we got to cut some people and not me, but you know, Holy Spirit, he got to cut some people. You know what I'm saying? And so you have to be confident in the God that sent you in order to go forth and minister as you are assigned. Little did I know that in preaching that and in speaking that day, that was the very first installment <laughs> from the Holy Spirit of Confident Bay. I couldn't believe how much power and authority came forward in that message simply because I did not speak doubt on it. I did not allow doubt to exist about whether I was capable of delivering what the Holy Spirit wanted me to deliver. Yes, it was in my belly and it was bubbling up. It had been planted in me since I was a child, since I was created. And so I discovered my passion and my purpose through my pain, through creating the space that was necessary for me to heal. Another thing that we have to do when we're going through the process of healing is to be mindful of the things that block your healing. That doubt was blocking a part of my healing. The entire platform that I stand on today very clearly is walking confidently in the woman God designed you to be, to be your authentic self, to unlock your unique passion and purpose. Because I believe that our purpose is already within us. We only have to unlock it. And the way that we express our purpose is what is unique because our purpose is to glorify and honor God. But the ways that we glorify and honor God is going to be unique to our character, unique to our experiences. And so if I had looked at the way that someone else preached the word, that someone else delivered this message, that someone else presented themselves then doubt would have been cast and that doubt blocked my healing. It was the reason why my purpose was so delayed. But you know what? When I look back at my life now, I have been talking about authenticity talking about being unique, standing in your power. Even if I didn't do it with full confidence, I've talked about this for years. I found courses and books and things that I've written that, really just align with the fact that this is who I've been the entire time. And so no matter what that thing is that is blocking your healing, you have to be conscious of it and act accordingly. Whether that is a person, a place, or a thing, you have to always be aware of the impact that it has in your life. So another example, if you are healing from a breakup, Baby girl, while we scrolling through the pictures, honey, 
what good is that going to do? And I'm not even just talking about a breakup in a romantic relationship, but I specifically remember talking to one of my clients one day who had a friend breakup and they were holding on to one of the emails that was sent between them. And every time they brought this email up, they were brought to tears and I could see how deeply it was hurting them. And I'm asking them, why are we holding on to this email? Why are we holding on to things that are blocking our healing? You cannot do that if you want to press forward and be the woman that God designed for you. And we know the things that are good for us. So we also have to be mindful of the things that are not so good for us and then take it further and intentionally manage it or avoid it. And I say manage or avoid because obviously there's not always a time where you can um, <laughs> just cut that thing up out your life. You know what I'm saying? Because if the person is, let's say, a family member like granny or mama or daddy or auntie, you may not have the ability to completely avoid it. And that may not even be God's plan for you, but you do need to learn how to manage the thing that blocks your healing. And if that means that you need to take a temporary break on going to your mama house for taco Tuesday, because the toxic conversations that come up block your healing, then baby girl, you got to do taco Tuesday at home, honey. Before we continue, we are going to pause and have a brief word from our sponsor for this episode. Hey, sis, did you know that women of color are three times more likely to develop chronic illnesses than their peers? And that number doubles for working women and caregivers. Ooh, child, I don't know about you, but I am tired of seeing black and brown women overworked, overwhelmed and stressed out, compromising on our quality of life. You know that relaxed feeling you get when you're at Sunday brunch spilling all the piping hot tea and it feels so wonderfully therapeutic? Yeah, girl, that's how our participants say it feels to be at our events. Girl, we see you, we get you, and we have created an intimate space just for you. Consider this your personal invitation to join us for the Pink Emerald Retreat. At this three-day intimate weekend retreat for recovering strong friends, high-performing career women, and boss babes, you're going to walk away with a stronger sense of peace, customized plan of action for daily living, and a unique blueprint to help you walk more confidently in your God-given assignment. I can't wait to meet you, boo. Click the link in the show notes to apply for the retreat today. This episode is brought to you by the Affirm Up Challenge. The Affirm Up Challenge is your 31-day prescription for a quick mental reset. Inside of this challenge, you're going to find five video modules, four new journaling techniques, and a host of other journaling prompts to help you create mental clarity. To learn more about this program and the other programs, please visit programs.thepinkemerald.com.
All right, sis, the last thing I have for you on how to heal is never be afraid to experience your emotions. I know in our communities, communities of color, we don't really like to express our emotion because we feel like it's either positive, negative, whatever. Expressing emotions makes you human. (laughs) Expressing your emotions makes you human. And you've probably heard me say that emotions are neutral. They're not positive. They're not negative. They just are. It's our response or behavior to the emotion that really is what matters. So healing does not always feel good. We know this. We've established this. It's part of why we run from healing. But real healing, real healing is painfully beautiful. Now, usually when I say something like that, my clients or the women that I'm talking to look at me like I'm crazy and they're like, girl, what are you talking about? I'm at my lowest to low and you talking about you see something beautiful. Girl, what? Okay, let me explain. The beauty that comes from being in a place of desperation as a result of allowing yourself to heal, that's a starting point. And if you're at a starting point, that's something beautiful waiting to be created. And again, remember we said that in allowing yourself to heal, that propels you into your passion, your purpose, and God's plan for your life. So you're in a beautiful place when you got the snot and the boogers falling down, when your eyes are puffy and your face is red because you've allowed yourself to ugly cry to heal. And I want you to know, even though it doesn't feel good, you must do it because one day you're going to look up and it's going to hurt much less than it did when you first started this journey. And then you're going to look up a couple of months later or weeks later, or who knows, God can heal things fast and you're going to be totally free from that thing. Is going to happen faster than you even imagined because you're fully immersed in the process of allowing yourself to feel the emotions and you're not running away from that. So I want you to remember that. Never be afraid to experience your emotions. It's time to talk about what I've been loving, product recommendations, shout outs to family and friends, and overall gratitude. Let's get into it. Honey child, honey child, let me tell you what I've been loving this week. I went for my first run for the season. Yes! And the crowd goes, whoa, Yeah! <laughs> But no, if you know anything about me, then you know that I love running, okay? Running was one of the things that helped me on my healing journey. I discovered running. I fell in love with running. There's something about releasing those endorphins when you hit the pavement. Yes, I said pavement. I do do treadmills, but I prefer to run outside. There's just the fresh air hitting you. Something about the momentum. But um, I went for my first run of the season, and that's what I'm loving. If you are a runner, let me know, honey. Let me know. Talk to me in these social media streets and let me know if you've hit the pavement yet this year.
All right, Boo Boo Kitty, we have reached the end of this episode. And in today's episode, we talked about something that is not quite cute, but necessary how to heal. We talked about ways to create the space and how creating space propels you into your purpose. We reflected on the fact that we have to be mindful of the things that block our healing and figure out how to navigate through those things, whether that means to eliminate it altogether or to just manage it. Finally, we talked about not being afraid to experience our emotions because our emotions make us human. If you enjoyed today's episode, share the love, boo. Share it with your auntie. Share it with your mama or your co-worker or your granddaddy, honey. Then head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Well, that is all I have for you this week, love. I will see you out in these social media streets, boo.